The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. Blue Pineapple Travel are experienced travel agents who help you design the perfect trip. They're all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. The world is a lot different these days, and the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are ready to help you safely navigate it. From helping you figure out the conscientious destinations to helping you figure out entry protocols for different countries, the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are there for you. Looking to work abroad for an extended period of time? Looking to attend virtual school from a remote location? These are all things that Blue Pineapple Travel can help you do. Again, their website is bluepineappletravel.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itlcoaching.com. ITL Coaching and Performance exists to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITL coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are vested in their ITL athletes. ITL takes a communal approach to coaching, so there's always someone available to answer questions and to help adjust your training schedule. An ITL coach will be glad to meet with you and to chat about your goals and find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, their website is itlcoaching.com. And finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by SlayRx. You can find those good folks at www.slayrx.com. Are you needing a pleasant spark to take your endurance game to the next level? Are you needing an all-natural, high-quality, customized hydration powder with or without sugar to stave off cramping and dehydration? Are you in need of an effective all-in-one fuel to slay your endurance efforts? Look no more. SlayRx. SlayRx has a really good line of products to serve our most pleasant exhaustion podcast listeners. Let's start with Michelle's favorite, Spark Plug, which replaces sports gel and gross post-race strips to the Porta Johns. It's a poppin' electrolyte powder in small, easily carried tubes. There's also an all-in-one endurance fuel. It has all of your electrolytes, clean fuel, and for no extra cost, your essential amino acids with or without caffeine. And it costs about one-third as much as other brands' combo rocket fuels. Finally, they have my favorite, SlayRx Hydrate Powder, which comes with or without sugar and varying strengths of electrolytes based on your individual needs. They can find those individual needs on the free quiz online at SlayRx.com or with in-person testing like Patrick and I did at their headquarters on podcast episode number 114. Hydrate is the fuel that I use during the Blue Ridge Relay this year, and I recommend it for all of you as well. SlayRx products are 100% natural, come in great flavors, are vegan friendly, and the Hydrate Light is keto friendly. They've all been well researched and developed by a UGA food scientist who's also an Ironman athlete. The products are tested by the pros and endorsed by your fellow endurance athletes and hardworking folks in the community. The free sweat quiz and their products can be found at SlayRx.com, on Amazon.com, or at your local run and bike shop if it's available. You can use the code PLEASANT21 for 10% off at their website. Thanks to SlayRx for sponsoring us, y'all. Give them a try. We appreciate our sponsors, and thanks to all of them for helping us bring you the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. Welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast, brought to you by ITL Coaching Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel, and Slay RX. My name is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a father of twin boys, and I'm a college professor. My name is Michelle Frank. I am also an endurance athlete here in Atlanta, Georgia. I am a mom to three girls, and I work as a CPA. And Michelle, you should include in your introduction of yourself, you're also one of my new favorite people. 
And why is that, George? <laughs> I know the answer, but I think you want everyone else to know the answer. So, well, to be fair, you were one of my favorite people already. And, oh. and, and, but, but you kind of vaulted to the top of the list this week because uh, everybody who was listening last week will remember that I said almost offhandedly last week during the podcast that uh, 96-year-old Betty Lindbergh, who's a world record holder, a world age group record holder, and um, has completed the Peachy Road Race several times as a member of the Atlanta Track Club um, and is a runner and athlete here in the Atlanta area, is somebody that I've always wanted to bring onto the podcast, but I've always been too intimidated to do it. And so Michelle... <laughs> Thought that was a little bit silly because I felt like I could probably make that happen and make it happen really fast. Um, and I think most people who know me or at least know me from the podcast probably imagine that if I get an idea in my head, I'm going to try to execute on it. So we went out, we called Betty, we set up an interview. <laughs> She's in my house and we are going to sit here and hear all about Betty Lindbergh. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, very cool. We, we, we have a, a great conversation with Betty to share with all of you. Um, and as I just said, 96 years old, she started running when she was age 63. Um, grew up in Minnesota, uh, moved to Atlanta, has lived her adult life here. Um, was inspired initially by the Peachtree Road Race. And so I think we're probably talking a lot about the Peachtree Road Race in our conversation with her as well. Uh, and she's going to tell us what keeps her going. Looking forward. All right. Enjoy, everybody. We are here with Betty Lindbergh, brilliant runner, 96-year-old member of the Atlanta Track Club. Betty, welcome to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm super excited to have you here. The way that this actually came about was that we were talking about you on our podcast a couple of weeks ago. And I mentioned to Michelle that I'd always wanted to have you on the podcast because I idolize you. But... (laughs) But, uh, but I'd always been too intimidated to ask. And so Michelle actually ends up reaching out. And so uh, I appreciate you reaching out, Michelle. Sure. Also, just so we're clear, it was only six days ago. And George was like, I'm never going to have her on the podcast. I'm too intimidated. And I was like, well, I'll get her on the podcast. So we appreciate you giving us your time. And we're excited to spend some time asking I didn't know it was so scary. <laughs> Not scary, not scary. Just extremely accomplished, Betty, which is uh, which is something that um, I appreciate and I admire. Um, so let's talk a little bit about you and, and your origins in sport. Um, uh, I guess the best place to start is what you do today. Uh, I know you had a, a workout today, right? I yeah, went to LA Fitness with my daughter and mm-hmm. uh, worked out for an hour. So what's did you lift weights or what sort of things did you? No, do? that's more aerobic. It's not so well. Too extreme. I used to meet with a personal trainer, but uh, about two months ago, I, I decided my daughter wanted to go to the LA Fitness, so I joined her. So we're doing that now three days a week, and then in between, I have to go walking. Right on, right on. Very good, very good. So, how long have you been going to LA Fitness and working with trainers and all that sort of thing? So, you've been a runner for what? About 30 years, right? Well, let's see, it was 63 when I started running. So what does that make it? <laughs> so 33 About years. 33 years. Yeah, 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 very good. What got you into it at age 63? My daughter and my son-in-law lived next door at the time, and they were going to do the peach tree. And they asked us, could we give, you, could we give them a ride to the 
start of it and then go down to Piedmont Park and pick them up. And I thought, well, who gets up on the 4th of July when you're working when you can sleep <laughs> and go to the road race? I'd never even heard of it. Mm-hmm. But we, we took them there and went down and just watching them. I mean, you know, first comes the guys in the wheelchairs. I mean, they whiz by. And then the really good runners. And then the people that are trying to set up a record. And then the mob that just does it for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I can do that. And my husband looked at me. <laughs> you can? So we started, yeah. So we started, went home and started walking mm-hmm. and running. And so that's the way we started. Mm-hmm. And so that was 33 years ago. Did you do the Peachtree Road Race the very next year? Yes, when I was 64. Okay. So I, I skipped one one year, but... Uh, and that was so pitiful. I was sitting there watching it on the TV. And, Why aren't I there? <laughs> so I went back next year. And I don't know why I decided to do it. I mean, about thir- the 13th, 14th Avenue, I'm just totally exhausted. And I swear, I am never, ever going to do this again. If I can finish this, I'm never going to do it again. I finish it, and on the way home in the car, I say, well, the next year, I have to train more. (laughs) (laughs) And so you did. So I do, yep. Very good, very good. Is that how you found out about the Atlanta Track Club, after that first PG race? Yeah, when when I was 63, I I joined the track club then. So you said that you hadn't uh, heard of the Peachtree Road Race. Were you an Atlanta native and you didn't know about the Peachtree Road Race or were you relatively new to it? No, I wasn't a, a native. Okay. We'd lived here since 1958, so okay. we'd been here quite a while. But I, I just never paid attention to races. It, it was something that, sure. it, it, you know, maybe there was something in the newspaper about it, but I didn't pay any attention to it. Mm-hmm. So but, your daughter, does she still run the Peachtree Road Race? No, oh. she's gotten smart. She doesn't. <laughs> She, she, my granddaughter and her husband set up a tent at Trader Joe's, sure. which is about a mile down there. It's a Team Betty, and they, they have a breakfast casserole and mimosas and, and Danish and that. So that's where she, my daughter, meets us now. That <laughs> does sound smart. I was going to say. So if you're doing it, you know, you can stop by. And, well, that, that's exactly what I was going to ask. So <laughs> I, I'm planning to do it on July 3rd. Are you doing it on July 4th this year? I signed up for the 4th. I guess I'll get it on the 4th. Okay, so so that means I'm going to run it on July 3rd, and I'm going to join the Team Betty brunch on July 4th. Yes. I got a plan. Go to Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome. It's surprising the number of people that join them. Would I get a t-shirt? Huh? Can I get a t-shirt? Like a Team Betty t-shirt? Oh, oh, I think I have one. They first gave a t-shirt when I turned 90. They had one. So now every year they just cross out the 90, (laughs) put 91, (laughs) 92, and 96. Oh, yeah. Very cool. I would never take that t-shirt off. Very cool. Very cool. Well, so over the course of that 30 years... Well, let's, I guess let's stick with the Peachtree for a second. Have you seen the Peachtree actually change a lot, that actual race? Has it changed a great deal over that time? Oh, yes, because, uh, you know, when I started, it was just 25,000 people in it. And we turned off on 
went to 12th Street and went through the park. And mm -hmm. I remember the first one that that I did, the garbage collecting trucks were, were running alongside of us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I didn't think I was that slow, but uh, it was rather surprising to see them there. But that's where we used to turn off and go through the park. Right. And, uh, but now, of course, we get on to 12th. Yes, it is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now they make you climb a little more. Pardon? Climb a little bit more. Yeah. A yeah. little, little, little bit more uphill, yeah, for sure. Yes, you always think that this finally, this is it. You know, there's no more hills. Thank God, I could. They're, the, the, they're not very high. No. But they, 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 but by that they point, test everything you. hurts. They really test you, yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, and so you're running it this year. Uh, you're running it on July 4th. Do you have a special number? I feel like if anybody deserves a special number, you should get a special number. Well, we're in Group A. So they put you in group A, that's good, yeah. that's good. Do they give you like number 96 or anything? Or they give you like a special number with your name on it? <laughs> you, you remember uh, oh. Young Jeezy did it a couple of years ago and they put his name actually on the bid. This rapper did it and they put his name on his number. I feel oh. like they should be putting your name on your number. <laughs> no, I don't think they have the 96 on it, but uh, I'm in group A. They're kind enough, they know it's gonna take me a couple of hours to do it and so. Do it, start it while it's cool and there's shade. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have to talk about Peachtree the whole time, but I'm curious, after the first time that you did it and you were motivated to get faster, at what point did you kind of stop getting faster but maybe just keep running Peachtree just for the love of running the race? Because I assume 33 years later now, you're not trying to beat your time from 33 years ago. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just glad I can finish it. Uh, I'd say I, I ran. I ran, actually ran, for maybe about 10 years. Okay. But then I found out that I was running for a few blocks and then I'd have to walk a few blocks. Sure. And then run and walk. And I saw some race walkers at an event that I went to. And I said, you know, that looks like, that's a good way to move. You seem to move a little faster than just running, but you aren't running. Less impact. So I took some lessons and I race walked for about three or four or five years, something like that. I can still race walk, but I don't do it. So uh, th then, so now I'm just down to walking. Mm -hmm. That's it. <laughs> That's as much as I can do. So when, and I know you do lots of other races as well these days. Do you walk all the races you do, or do you run some of them, run walk some of them? I, I, run, I walk most of them. Yeah, the virtual ones that mm -hmm. I've been done doing this past year and since mm -hmm. the last one we did last Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, no, I, I, I just walk now. Very good, very Except good. Maybe I run down hills, but then I have to walk slowly up. <laughs> next one. Did you find the transition to virtual racing um, a means to staying motivated for 2020? When most of our races were taken away from us, there was a big, you know, there seemed to be a, a relatively anti or for following for the virtual races and based on what we know about you and your accomplishments from this past year you seem to have really dug into the virtual racing well for the virtual races were it was better for me because i could do it at any time of the day just sure. getting up at four o'clock in the morning to get to a race somewhere truth <laughs> it's not the <laughs> best know. thing you know you just, but uh, yeah uh, 
have to do it, you know, at any time of the day. And uh, I, I enjoyed them. Are you looking forward to a return to quote unquote normal racing? Getting yeah. back out there and seeing everybody? Yep. Yeah. I think we're all looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. For sure. Um, did you do the virtual races with your daughter? No, my daughter didn't do it. My son and my daughter-in-law join me now. Okay. They'll be with me on the 4th, along with one of my grandsons and his wife. And oh, that's cool. So, uh, where, where, does your grandson live around here? He lives in Woodstock. Okay, very good. And I have another grandson that did it the past few years with us, with his wife. But he's in the Army, so he's out in Arizona doing some training at the present time. I see, I see. So they can't be here. So on a beside, so the peach tree obviously keeps you motivated over the course of years. Just on a daily basis, what sort of things motivate you to keep on going? Because I know if I stop and if I don't do something, if I sit, I'm not going to be able to get up and go again. I just feel that once you stop, and you, well, you, I, it is just a real chore to get going again. So I just want to keep going. So I go to the fitness center on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and Thursday and Tuesday. Friday, Saturday, I take off and get my hair done. <laughs> Amazing. That's left over from Saturday. You look great. It's Wednesday. <laughs> and then Sunday lately, I've been going and following a sort of a plan that I'd like. I did 90 minutes last Sunday at Century Center, which is a fairly decent place to go and on a weekend. You can go and do a lot of good miles in there. Good. Do you have a coach writing this plan? What? Do you have a coach writing this plan? Or you just made up a plan? Or? Just me. Just you. <laughs> have you ever had a coach or have you always kind of done what worked for you? Uh, what works for me. Yeah, I've never had a coach. How, how have you had to change what works for you over the course of the last 30 years? To accept the fact that as you get older, you get slower, you get weaker. It just it agonizes me. It makes me so mad that just because I'm 96 that I can't move as fast as I did when I was 66. I mean, why can't I? But you just can't. Your legs just don't work anymore. I mean, they, they just plop and plop and they just won't go any faster. So, I, so I'm, I'm 46 and I can't run as fast as I could when I was 26. And, and so I feel like there's a lot of people who, in that situation, they would just kind of be like, ah, forget it. And, and, but you don't. And I'm impressed by that. Yeah. I mean, no, you mustn't give up. I mean, even though you know you're going to be slow, you could maybe do a 18, 19, 20-minute mile. But at least you're out there doing it. Right on. Right on. Do you find that um, in terms of the weakening, you have uh, extra efforts for recovery or changes in your diet or anything that you've made throughout the years that you feel have enhanced your longevity? Because you might be going an 18, 19 minute mile, but you're still out there doing a mile and doing a 10K road race. So that's pretty amazing. No, in fact, I eat what I feel like eating. I've often thought maybe if you really watched your diet, 
you know, follow all the vegetables and fruit, which I don't like. <laughs> you don't like fruits and vegetables? Well, I like blueberries and raspberries. That's a fruit. But the vegetables and that I don't do so well at. But no, I, I, I just eat what I want to eat. And uh, I guess it sustained me and kept me going. And do you, do you do anything special? Like the day, at, the day after Peachtree and you have to recover and your body's beaten up. Do you do anything special to recover or to celebrate for that matter? Well, maybe I take the day off. <laughs> this year it'll be on Sunday, so Monday I'll have to go to the fitness center. But that's the strange thing. Once I quit and once I've done the race and I'm so exhausted, I, I, I recover in a hurry. I mean, I want to do it something again. So the next day I, I'm out there pounding the asphalt, you know, and doing another. Maybe, maybe just 30 minutes, but at least to get out and move. Yeah. That's great. Um, so pivoting away from the road racing, um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got introduced to the track? And we know that you've got American records and all sorts of records and a lot of the shorter events also. So kind of where that was uh, introduced to you and um, what I guess you enjoy the most about being on the track. That was through the Atlanta Track Club. And they, you know, in the uh, all comers. In fact, I set the record when I was 91, did the 800 meters. And I didn't even know there was records, you know. And Rick, Rich kind of called me the next day and said, you set a record yesterday. And I said, what? What did I do? <laughs> you know? so, so that introduced me to the fact that now I look up what records there are for the different distances. And so, and then they're, they're kind enough to put me in the, one of their, the women's 70 and up, I guess, above racing team. And uh, I went to an indoor at Winston-Salem. And then I was going to go the one at Baton Rouge. And then, of course, the pand pandemic came, so I didn't go last year. But I always, I think, as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm going to do these shorter distances. <laughs> I know it, it takes a lot more to go do a 10K than to do 100 meters than that. So I'll keep going for track records. For sure, for sure. So I think a lot of us, when we, when we look at you and we say, okay, 96 years old, I would love to still be doing this at 96 years old. What advice would you give to somebody who is aspiring to be like you one day, to, to, to still be doing this at age 96? They've got to keep moving. That's the total thing. They've got to keep moving. I, if they want to start out like you, at what? how old are you now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just got to keep going. I mean, don't stop when you get 66 or 86. You've just got to keep moving, and every every day comes along, and you decide, well, I guess I've got to get out there and do something today. It'd be very boring just to sit, watching television, eating bonbons, reading true romances, and that, and your recliner, you know. <laughs> we need a video. You'd be, you'd be dead and sleep in a hurry. Um. What else do you enjoy doing? We know all about your running, and we've got you here. We can read about it online, but what else is Betty Lindbergh doing when she's not out there running and breaking records on the track? And 
stuff like that? Nothing much except just on the computer and uh, got my little watch and got my cell phone and just the housework and the yard work to do and that. So, did you come from a background of sport? Um, I mean, obviously, growing up in an era where the opportunities weren't as readily available to female, but um, any background before you got into running? Or? Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! When I grew up. Girls were not expected to do sports. I mean, even if there had been in my little town of about 900 that I grew up in in Minnesota, if I wouldn't, women wouldn't, girls wouldn't have been, you know, in the sports and that. All we did was flip jacks and maybe do hopscotch and that. But no, I, I just had no interest in, in doing anything for exercise. And it was that first... Peachtree Road Race that I saw that inspired me. Do you think getting into exercise and endurance activities later in life is what's, I mean, prolonged your life in essence? I hope so. I mean, has it worked? I mean, there doesn't seem to be anything wrong with me. <laughs> still able to move. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that um, when we had arranged this, you know, I thought, um, I was sort of given a tip that we should pick you up and bring you back and yeah. I remember you saying oh you live in Toco Hill that's not only 10 minutes for me I'll just drive myself over there and so we thought that was great yeah. it's just <laughs> that I don't like to drive to places way way out in Cobb County she's called East Cobb way way out <laughs> way out in Gwinnett County you know where you'll go and then maybe you have to come back when it's dark sure that's not a good idea anymore for me but I mean good heavens I can drive where Places that I'm familiar with, that's no problem. Very good. I remember going to one of the, uh, what is it, what, the, the women's 5K in the spring. Sure. And someone asking me, did you drive here? <laughs> down at Cheney Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness sakes, I didn't know you could drive when you're in your 90s. <laughs> I want to be driving when I'm 96, so I'm going to take my pointers <laughs> from you, so... <laughs> Yes, I got my license renewed last year, so that's exciting. <laughs> there you go, perfect. Um, the you mentioned your grandkids before, and you've done the Peachy Road Race with some of your grandkids. And do you have great grandkids as well? No, nope, no, nope. just so, have so three, what, three grandkids. What, what, so, what do your three grandkids say about it? Do, do, do they look up to you and and lionize you the way that I do? <laughs> yes, they seem to be rather impressed. <laughs> Grandma, what are you doing? <laughs> No, my granddaughter is always on the internet sending me emails, and she's up early, I guess, and she catches things that I've done, and uh, so she always lets the whole family know that grandma's been up to something again. So. Um, this is not running related, but how did you get so tech savvy? Like what, my grandmother, <laughs> right? my grandmother she's just, about emails and, oh, yeah. she's, she's on, you're on the record websites, right? You're on the computer, you've got, do you have it on Apple Watch? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, my grandmother passed it 101 last year, but I work every day with my dad, who's, how old is my dad? 73, and just getting him on email and text is, it's not the easiest thing, but did you just, did you dive in, or did you always follow it, or as you got more into running, you started using the internet more to find races and look at results, and... Yeah, well, let's see. It's been a number of years since I had a computer, and I'm really not terribly intelligent about it. If I have any problems, my daughter or my son will help me. You know, get, get. In fact, my daughter went with me to get my watch and the phone last year and that. So, 
but uh, they keep me up to date if there's something going on that I need help with. Or else I know you can go on the internet and ask Google, you know, <laughs> how, do you, how do you get your phone to ring, you know, or something like that. <laughs> tell you, got a little video and it'll tell you how to do it. So, I mean, that's amazing. Right. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I, I, I'm glad you asked that question because I had that same thought, actually. I, <laughs> I find it, um, I think it's remarkable. I think it's just, you know, it's great that records are out there and they're easily accessible for all of us and your grandkids can find your records and send them to you. And yeah. it sounds like if you want to find them, you can also find them yourself too. <laughs> so. Very good, very good. All right, so I think we only have a couple more questions, right? Um, and one question that we always ask Betty, um, anytime we have an athlete on the podcast is favorite workouts. So, what's your favorite workout? It can't be getting your hair done on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not getting my hair done. No, just getting out and walking. That's my favorite workout. I don't do anything else anymore. Uh, do you have a favorite area to walk in Atlanta, or do you like just going from your front door? I go out in my neighborhood, and then sometimes I go over to my daughter's, and we have what we call the Lanier Loop. It's off of Peachtree Road near Oglethorpe University. It's a pretty area. The near loop is really good when it's a couple of miles, about a mile and a half to do. It's up and down, up and down, and so it's good. But uh, that, that's the way I, I keep going. I don't have anything special that I sign in on or anything like that, so. <laughs> I think the fact that you're doing it is what's special. Any more questions, Michelle? Um. I don't know. I'm kind of starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> See, you were telling me I was going to be starstruck. Good grief. <laughs> what, do you, what would you tell somebody who is in their you know, midlife, later in life, that wants to try to get involved in walking or race walking or running but doesn't think that it's accessible to them because of their age or lack of prior experience? Is it just dive in? Is it find a group of people? Is it join a local running club? I mean, what's your best advice for somebody who wants to get started later in life? Well, if they like to do things with, with other people, I, I advise them to join the Atlanta Track Club because they're you and or get some neighbor that is interested. I am a person that wants to do it on my own. I mean, I don't want to be tied down to waiting for somebody to come out to the house and then go do the walk. So <laughs> I want to get going. I don't want to. Stay oh, I, oh, I'm with you. The people who show up two minutes late to a run that's supposed to start at 7:30 or that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I advise them to try to do it like my husband and I did. We just went out in the neighborhood and started walking. We walked maybe three blocks from the house and staggered back three, three miles, three blocks, you know. And then you just add on every time. And I would run and my husband would walk. And uh, so that's the thing. If it works for you, if you need somebody that you can walk with and talk with, then fine, you know, get someone that's interested and also in, in going out and walking. But uh, for me, I just want to be by myself and just get it over and done with. But it sounds like from your experience and maybe the advice you would give is just start small. Just start with a walk from your front door for a few blocks out yeah. and back and build from there. That's the way to do it because how are you going to find out if you're going to be able to get back, you know? Sure. The, the idea is go, when you go out, go uphill. <laughs> <laughs> So that it's downhill so on the way back. you're coming downhill. That's good advice. <laughs> Absolutely. Betty Lindbergh, we appreciate your being on the Most Pleasant Exhaustion podcast. Thanks a lot for being here. 
Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We're looking forward to cheering you on on July 4th as you make sure. your way down Peachtree. Okay. <laughs> I'll be the one holding the big plate of hash brown casserole. <laughs> <laughs> and the mimosa. The other exactly. Hand. Wearing the Team Betty t-shirt. <laughs>Thanks again for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasantpodcast, on Twitter at pleasantpodcast, or on Instagram, Most Pleasant Exhaustion. We're available on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, so share us with your friends. Don't forget that we're sponsored by ITL Coaching and Performance, who you can find at itlcoaching.com, on Twitter at itlcoaching, on Facebook at facebook.com slash itlcoachingperformance, and on Instagram, ITL Coaching. We're also sponsored by Blue Pineapple Travel, bluepineappletravel.com, facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel, and on Instagram, bluepineappletravel. And finally, don't forget we're sponsored by SlayRx. That's slayrx.com, facebook.com slash here for SlayRx, that's the number four, SlayRx, Twitter at official SlayRx, and Instagram, here for Slay RX, the number four Slay RX. Discount code Pleasant21. On behalf of Michelle Frank, Patrick Ollinger, and Eric Hall, I'm George Darden. Thanks for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. See you next time.